welcome to The Rounding Error. I'm Oban, your co-host. And I'm Minnie Mistress, and we are so excited to bring to you a brand new podcast about the everyday person's kink. Now, what does that mean to you, the everyday person's kink? <sighs> well, I've been thinking about this for a long time. Yeah. But an everyday person, to me, is just someone with potentially a regular nine to five or, you know, an overnight shift that they're just working a regular job, but they have this other side to them, you know? Yeah. I think sometimes when it comes to kink and you and I have been having this conversation, I think obviously what will come out in this, in these podcasts and these episodes is that we're friends and we've hung out. Maybe there'll be some other conversations. <laughs> anyway, like I said, I said, wow, I got invited to your bedroom finally. <laughs> I just had to start an entire podcast with you. <laughs> I mean, I do like to win hard to get. So. <laughs> but is, you know, like being that normal person, and I use normal in quotation marks because I think everything is normal. But and it, I think sometimes people fantasize, they want to be kinky. And it seems like a stretch. And sure, if you're going to like dive in and like start doing needle play and all this kind of crazy stuff, that's a high level. Mm -hmm. But to just like get in and start exploring it, meeting people and doing things and still be able to um, run your everyday life and balance it. Mm -hmm. Right. That That's the real thing. Right. Yeah. Like to me at the root of it, it's more about like authenticity. If yeah. someone most of the time, you know, likes to be pretty vanilla with their generic life, but they have this desire within them to, you know, go get spanked on the weekends or, or wear leather. Like, yeah, yeah. That's so explain. I think we're, I'm hoping to have a lot of new people uh, listening to this podcast. So we're going to bring up terms and I think it would be good on us to explain it. You mentioned vanilla. Well, how would you define vanilla? You know, it, it is definitely a word I think about, a lot because I feel like vanilla is is changing. Sure. But my definition of vanilla would be, you know, maybe someone that just likes to wear lingerie or and be naked and just have sex in their room mm -hmm. um, with one partner potentially. So not um, in the car, like car's kinky. <laughs> Car could be a kink. I just oh. need to Google what it is. <laughs> Car play. Cool. I bet you. Oh, fuck. I've seen some weird shit. I mean, everything's a kink if you yeah, yeah, look yeah. into it. But yes. at its core, vanilla is just maybe what you were told. The when 1950s, you got the sex. Yeah. all day. I mean, the home. 1950s is a kink too. Oh, well, my God. Okay. But like just, you know, the mom and pop, they have sex like maybe once a week, maybe once a yeah. month. Or the normal person that is just, you know, maybe they have an active sex life, but it's pretty much like a lot of vanilla. I think you're right, though, about vanilla sex. Mm -hmm. I think, like, anal sex was used to be thought of as kinky. Mm -hmm. It's I think it's now considered as a vanilla act. Yeah. Some people may think of it as a little bit more, you know, exploring yeah. the like, vanilla world. But it's not considered, I don't consider someone. No, I, yeah, I think. anal sex is kinky. I guess vanilla kind of goes hand in hand with whatever is mainstream. Yeah, yeah. And I think that society is becoming a lot better and more open-minded to different types of sexual situations. So it's really stretched it in that sense. Yeah, yeah. But vanilla used to be more just missionary. 
You know? Yeah, and you can make missionary really kinky. You definitely can. Oh, yeah, you can make it really good. Same with, like, choking. Yeah. Choking is really in, as you say, the mainstream now. A lot of people mm-hmm. are talking about choking more in sex. And I think it comes down to, I've seen a lot of push with, like, um, uh, Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh, that, I think, honestly changed things. Like, not... Maybe not, not a very <laughs> not a very good book and not a no. great representation no. of consent. It's fantasy. But it did no, open No, it's not good in consent. <laughs> no, it, no, no, it's not. But it did open the conversation yeah. in like book clubs. You know, yeah, yeah. being like, hey, is this something we're all kind of like how are we all devouring this book at the same rate? You know? Yeah, yeah. Like what's what's going on here? Yeah, what's happening and what's doing it. So I think we would like to really encourage people that are wanting to be more explorative mm-hmm. in something that may be kinky. They People typically, and maybe you can explain on some of your background and history, but like typically they explore this stuff through fantasies in books or in pornography, mm-hmm. like online, and they see a lot of stuff and it's, it's left in that realm, right? It's left as something like that. What about, what do you, th- like, what do you think really? Like what, look, I mean, can you explain a little bit of like, where you're at in your journey? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So for me, I would say that kink has always been potentially present in my mind, but I knew it really? was... Like, like what, as a teenager? Yeah, yeah, really? yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. I knew it was taboo, but I think one of my first moments with it when I was young, or like maybe a couple, and, and maybe people can relate to this, but I don't know if you remember the video chatting app Omegle. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So still out there. Yeah. Well, now it's just the one thing. <laughs> <laughs> but at the time, you know, on the family computer that everyone shared. <laughs> what in the living room? No, I was in the computer room. Oh, of yeah. course. There, yeah. We had computer rooms then. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Back in the day of yeah, computer yeah. rooms. Yeah, um yeah. I would go there at like eleven PM when everyone's asleep. Yeah. And I would talk to strangers. Right. You know? And you know, if you have heard of the thing, mm-hmm. you know who is on Omegle, yeah, yeah. even as a young kid. Right. So probably not the let's 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 be honest, not the best exposure. No, for definitely. an underage minor. Yes, yes, yeah. But uh, it's not an uncommon story. No, no, especially with the access of the internet, right? And it was just honestly a facet to even talk about these things yeah. with someone that didn't know you. You know. So okay, so speaking about knowing. A journey of knowing it's something you wanted to explore. Did it seem like this was a taboo thing for you? For sure. If I was hiding it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Were you, what made you start actually exploring it, like doing it? Yeah. I mean, I explored it a bit pre-pandemic with just seeking out people that maybe considered themselves dominant or it ended up in this conversation that way yeah yeah. but actually during right before the pandemic i went to the taboo sex show which i'd been before because here in vancouver yeah yeah here in vancouver and i saw this booth there Mm -hmm. that was showing like acts of bdsm like as demonstrations and i'd never really seen those acts be displayed in public and people mm. having this camaraderie and it had such a crowd around it and everyone even working at this booth was just so excited and, and loving to each other. So it was nice to just see kink in a 
in a play way sure. for once. And I saw those people and I made that decision right there that like I wanted to know, you know, whether it be these people specifically yeah, yeah. or people that did this. Yeah. And then the pandemic hit maybe a month later. Yeah, I was at that taboo show. Oh. I was there. Really? Yeah, I was walking around with latex jade, full latex. Oh, wow. Well, I obviously wouldn't have recognized you. No, you wouldn't have. No. <laughs> I was just starting. I was just there one day. Oh. So we might have missed each other. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that makes sense. Because I was at the same booth. I actually got spanked at that booth. I did, too. <laughs> and I have a video of it. See? We're yeah. crossing paths. <laughs> actually, one of my friends, which which made me feel even more okay about kink because my friend doesn't really identify as anything kinky. He went up and spanned the wheel and he got mistress's choice. Oh. And the person working the booth whispered in his ear, like, are you, you okay with anything? So he got his ass tased. <laughs> Don't ever say anything to, like, we can have that conversation way later about boundaries and... Well, anything, because like anything means anything. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but he loved it. And it was so nice to be able to share right. that moment of like me getting spanked in front of a crowd full of yeah. people and him getting his bare ass tased. Like, right. you know, mine, mine felt like child's play. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. But it felt so accepting that we stayed watching it for like an hour and a half. Let's, right. well, maybe three hours. I, I've no idea. You probably lost track of time, honestly. We did. We stayed till it closed. That you know, and that is like that is where a public. Uh, I love those events like Taboo. Um, there's another one called West Coast Bound mm. in January. It's more of a seminar style. Taboo is set up very much like a vendors. conventions, vendors, and stuff with demonstrations. Mm -hmm. But it is a real good way and exposure for the public. Now it's 18 plus, mm -hmm. but it's a good exposure for people that are trying to learn about it. And I think that is an extension of what we want to do in this conversation. I mean, we're going to talk about lots of things, but being able to, we want everyone to explore their sexuality. You know what? You don't even have to be a kinky person, but we're here. Hopefully we're here to inspire people to do something a little fun, a little crazier than they thought. Mm -hmm. Try that whipped cream. <laughs> try that strap try that choking try getting pegged we can talk about those are all different levels but like yeah. those are all i you know it, it's it, it was hard thing to get to so now we definitely want to create that accessibility and we want to create it this is a safe space and a safe conversation and hopefully you know i want to i want to thank anyone that's listening right like we're intimately having this conversation with you Maybe you're listening with other people, but it's it's great to explore. And I know, so those listening today, you know, I have other podcasts, True North Dom and some other ones that I do. And so I've explored, I've talked about my journey quite a bit on those ones. But ultimately, my journey came way later in life. Mm. You know, I was, it, I was in my 40s, my family... I mean, pretty much raised most of my family. They were growing up. My wife and I at the time opened up our relationship. And through different relationships, we were exposed to different partners who exposed us to different uh, kinky things. And then I was like, wow, I'm a kinky person. Mm -hmm. But it was, the hard part was being, you know, 
having the doing these the the conversation that goes on in your head is like I'm doing these crazy I'm gonna say fun consensual things and then like on Monday I'm gonna go back to work in the office and at first it can be really exciting and you maybe want to talk to you talk to lots of your friends I remember having conversations with some of my friends I've had for years and they I remember I, I vividly remember their eyes like just gigantic really like, like what the fuck? <laughs> well, I guess if you had them for years before you meet right, them because... because I, I, and that's why I'm so interested when someone says they knew they're kinky younger, and I'm one. So there's quite an age difference between us, and I'm wondering if it's because you grew up when maybe there was a little bit more exposure to that than maybe than when I grew up. But I, the idea of being kinky or kink at all was not in my thought process at all. Mm-mm. I didn't even think that I would be a kinky person. And through conversations here and other conversations, I'm an extremely kinky person. Interesting. But never did I ever think that. Now, deconstructing some processes in my life mm. as a child, as a teenager, as you know, a young adult, I'm like, Oh, that's kinky. Oh, that entire relationship was absolutely kinky. You know, my wife was an extremely dominant woman. So they're, yes, looking back through a different lens, but never did I think about it. Hmm. So I'm always fascinated by, by someone that is, was able to see that younger in their life. Yeah. I mean, it is like an interesting point because I don't know personally where it where I even realized I was it was like it was always there so you know I'd like to say that it's because things were in the media and I was exposed to what potentially was in my head but it kind of just felt like it was always in my head you know just Mm -hmm. a little bit of uh, darkness but I wasn't raised religious in any sense my family's very open-minded they have made like sex jokes whole life like it's 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 not like it was ever a subject that was avoided Mm. so perhaps that openness just allowed for there not to be any blockages in my brain of and there was an opportunity to explore yeah you 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 had those opportunities yeah and i mean my upbringing was extremely religious which I say is the kinkiest thing of all. <laughs> I mean, looking back. <laughs> I mean, let's talk about like so much kink imagery is religious. And the ultimate dom. The ultimate dom. Right? You give your whole life. You give everything. You're the slave. Yeah. <laughs> but we digress. You can be, we can talk about religion and kink later on. But I know that like having, coming back to having those conversations with those friends and then kind of realizing, oh, I can't tell everybody about this. Mm-hmm. I can't be sharing everything about this. And especially there was a certain amount of, I was leaving the church, but I was still affiliated with the church. So there was definitely, I'm like, I definitely can't be talking about this. And if this gets found out, right? And so... Let's talk about why people want to keep those things separate. 
Yeah, well, I mean, you already hit the nail yeah. on the head. Like, how about yourself? If- how do you balance? What's what's your kink journey? Like in in like your exposure to the outside world and who yeah. you are. Yeah, just from my interpretation of that question, from you know seeing the taboo show, as I mentioned, I ended up making a lot of connections. I'm quite a social person. And if I put my mind to something and kind of put that out into the universe, I'll try to accomplish it. So I actually ended up meeting the people that ran this um, booth at the event. And I met someone that also hosted parties. And through that, I ended up kind of meeting like-minded people, whether they be through those people or not, but they were people that I already knew were kinky or went to events or had some interest or had some, you know, a little bit of a darker side that is actually what initially connected me to them. So I ended up creating a bit of a community around myself that allowed so many people to be open with me about who they are and with all of these people. So kink's actually a really big part of my everyday life. It's Mm -hmm. what connects with me to a lot of my closest friends. Mm -hmm. And I'd say the only part of my life that it doesn't really bleed into is my work. Mm -hmm. You know, I am an accountant. I have tried to even bleed it into that in some senses, like mention what I'm not what I'm into. That would be a really weird (laughs) cocktail conversation. (laughs) (laughs) But just like maybe mentioning events because I want everyone to experience. Are you really an accountant or like, you know, like the spicy accountant? (laughs) I mean, we'll we'll never know. Oh, we'll never know. (laughs) Right? That's the true rounding error. <laughs> but in all seriousness, yeah. I am a real accountant. <laughs> I'm a certified public accountant. Right. I won't ask any more questions. <laughs> that's Just enough. one. That's enough. I don't need to know any more. <laughs> but I have tried to be as honest with anyone in my life as possible, but I just found that not everyone wants to hear it, you know? Yes. It is something that makes them uncomfortable, whether that be because it's something they're not comfortable in themselves. Yes. But I try to be as open with people as I can, which is kind of what I'm hoping to accomplish from this podcast, is yeah. if I can be open in this sense with everyone that's willing to listen, yeah. then maybe everyone can get a bit more comfortable with what they're uncomfortable with about yeah. themselves. I think, you know, that that's truly it. I think there's a time and place for these conversations and, you know, and not here to offend anyone, but it's kind of like when someone becomes a vegan, they want to tell everyone they're vegan, right? And that conversation and, you know, you've met that person at a party and you're like, oh my God, I, okay. Like, I like this person, but I don't want to hear this, right? And I think sometimes when we get into this, into the kink world, kink has brought so much joy and contentment in my life. Mm -hmm. I've been able to confront so many things about me as a person, my ego, expectations. I have met phenomenal people, and it's almost like I want to shout it from the rooftops at times, right? But we can't in everything. It's not appropriate in everyday conversations. And other people really will look at you in a in a weird way. And so I think the conversation you and I were having about this podcast is really having a conversation with people that 
I have a chance through other conversations and other podcasts, I get to talk to a lot of professional, you know, escorts or people that are in the industry. A lot of them, they, they have a, a side that is, that is private, but there, there's a lot more 24-7. And those are phenomenally fascinating conversations. But it's really great to have a conversation about the normal Joe Blow mm-hmm. on how you can bring kink into your life as much as you want to. And this is acceptable or, sorry, I mean accessible to anyone. Mm-hmm. We're lucky that we live in a free society. Yeah, and even Vancouver in general. In Vancouver in general. Um, we're, I, I do want to acknowledge that there may be people listening in in societies where it is very restricted and they really have to be careful. And that's even more of a conversation of balancing the two and keeping them private, right? Um, I could not think about trying to be a, you know, a gay kinky person in like Saudi Arabia. Like, no. wow. We're you know. truly, yeah. Yeah. We have a great situation here. Yeah. Um, and we're able to push boundaries farther than some other people, but like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, I want the person, I want you that's listening right now to, and you're thinking about exploring some things. I want to encourage you through these conversations to do that. You may not have the guts to do it right now. Mm -hmm. Um, but I want you to see that, yeah, you can find, first of all, find those wonderful community and you can be kinky and there can be, you know, maybe you can't be going to a crazy party. Some of the wonderful parties we get to go to and watch a a demonstration that you talked about, Mm -hmm. but you know, maybe you can, with the partner that you have, you can get choked a little bit, (laughs) you know, and explore that conversation. I think through our, through these things, I would love to talk about how we, venture into you know exploring these things some good ways to do it Mm. how we can raise it with our partners that's a really scary thing oh of course yeah when you're when you're wanting to be kinky and you then need to be vulnerable and and you want to share that with that partner yeah but with that vulnerability in that sense it can lead to deepening of any relationship yep as well but it also can lead to rejection. It definitely can. Yes. Yeah. No, sorry to be a bit of an optimist. No, but I, I think you're right. I think you're absolutely right. Like, I think, yes, it can lead and there can be ways to do it. But it also, I mean, I think we want to acknowledge that you may have something you want to do and that person may not want to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. there may be ways that uh, you want to um, explore things or maybe ways that you identify. I mean, identify as he, him, and yourself. She, her. Yeah. But there, I mean, we this conversation about how people are identifying now, different ways and exploring, and even that conversation is very scary with a, with a partner. I have some experience. I won't get into it because it's private, but I have some experience with some, with some people that have, that have gone from the journey of being with their partner and being he, her, and then now transitioning and being non-binary mm. and how that partnership over time grew. But really, even though it was an accepting conversation, it was very rocky. 
No, of course. And, like, and they're in a wonderful place now, but it it was a tough conversation and a tough journey. It didn't it didn't happen overnight. It took years. No, of course. But any conversation even like that requires such immense vulnerability. Yes. You know? You're not just speaking about something that happened. You're speaking about something that's happening internally. So that's going to be something that's rocky. Like it's going to take time to deal with. And these conversations, yes, they're not potentially as intense as that all the time about whatever you want to try with your partner or mm -hmm. whatever you're interested in. But they take adjusting depending on where you both are at with that. So like patience mm -hmm. and that open, honest communication and, and being okay with the rejection, as you said, yeah. is so key. Because the rejection is really a rejection right now. Mm -hmm. The rejection can change. Maybe it doesn't, but there can be there can be a movement towards it. But it again, it's 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 the same as if you came out and said, "I want to start doing triathlons," <laughs> and the person was like, "Fuck Lord. that shit." Well, I think these. I'm really excited about these conversations that you and I are going to have over the next little while. Thank you for joining us. Now. Where can they find you? Are you anywhere online right now? Currently, you could just find me on FetLife. My yeah. name is Mini Mistress on FetLife. Is it all one word? Just one word. Okay. Awesome. And you can find me on FetLife, Oban, O-B-A-N, 1794, or on Instagram at st.alkings. Thank you, everybody. Have a good night. Bye.